thinking about hockey cards <laughs> for like a week for your now. entire life because well, i have most of my life okay. most of my life but i it has been emphasized over the last week i'm i'm actually disappointed that you cut out the like 20 minute conversation as we opened hockey cards out of the episode well i was trying to leave the episode re- maybe we'll release it as its own special <laughs> it was pretty good it was pretty good i was just I was trying to leave the episode as related to creativity, but the uh, the conversation in the opening of cards. There was another section too, uh, where we talked. We got pretty deep into the details of a draft, which I felt like might have veered slightly from, from our conversation. Or our target audience. Yes. I don't know. That's that's my uh, that's the content I'm here for. <laughs> that's it. Only took you four seasons to get there. <laughs> so, uh, what was your big takeaway this week? There was lots, but I think the biggest one for me was that I've really been thinking about enabling of creativity Mm. and what we can do for others. Because we went down a path on the call where we were talking about Jesse being enabled by his boss uh, to shoot some videos. And as much as those might have been a little painful because he was waiting for snow to exist, he, uh, he he really was able to spread his wings a little bit and do some interesting and cool things and it sounds like he's got a good creative support system i will call it yeah you don't really think about that i would venture a guess until you're in a leadership position and then you know it's one thing to be creative yourself and and when you brought that up when we were doing our preamble it was like yeah like being a leader is one thing but being a leader who creates space for people to be creative like it's it's its own skill set and it's hard, yeah. especially when you're in some, like, if you're in an operational type role or a sales type role, it is hard to leave space there because you need to make those sales. Like, you need to, you need to make those dollar bills. What, do you have a leader in your career that's really stood out in, in, you know, sort of giving you that kind of space? I don't know if I've had. You're supposed to say Seth. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I was supposed to. I know what you want me to say. No, I wasn't actually angling for that. I. I wouldn't. Uh, I've. I've improved no, I on that front. I would say. No, I. I just, I just think I've traditionally been in operational type roles, and it's been hard for. It's hard to see the value of those things because it's a little bit intangible. Like you mm. actually don't know what you're going to get from it, and that can be scary in an operational role. It can I think. You know, off the top of my head, I'll ask myself the same question. Uh, but there's actually a leader I had for a couple of years ago, Phil Moore. Uh, I think you've probably interacted with Phil at some point. Hmm. But I, I just really appreciated his style in that specific way where it was like, okay, here's what we need to do. Here's what the end goal is. Now you go figure it out. And was always there to support if something didn't work out quite right. Was always willing to like bounce an idea off or throw his idea in the mix, but really just gave you the room to kind of go figure things out. And and it, to me, at least that's, that's been one of the most, uh, where most of not only my creativity really got to get to use, but I also think I became a more creative leader because I saw that you could kind of, you could do that. Uh, you could create that space and things still worked out. It, well, it's funny because there's so many different studies that have shown the value of creativity and how giving you know a a couple of hours worth of space returns tenfold what you what you give 
Provided, I mean, provided there's just a little bit of structure around it. It doesn't have to be fully structured, otherwise it's not really giving space, but just a tiny bit of structure around it, and I think what we've been talking about all season, maybe a little bit of constraint, put a little constraint around it to force the creativity. Well, that showed up in this episode, too. Like, I mean, as I was listening to it, and it's weird because this is actually an episode we recorded before we talked to Terry. Um but it's funny how similar some of those themes are, specifically the constraint one. Um, that that sort of topic came up more indirectly. Like we didn't specifically call it out, but there's definitely like it, it resonates in this episode as well. Yeah, for sure. What did, what did you pull out? Uh, you know what? The term I would use, and it wasn't directly this, but after listening to the episode and specifically with with you and, and Jesse, uh, this... Um, I'm going to call it like a symptom of perfection. Like this, uh, it's almost like, it's like paralyzing for people. Like good is not good enough. Great is not good enough. It's like you want to be perfect. And you just, it, it, it stifles you from, you know, putting your creations out into the world because it's not perfect. And I know you and I have talked about this many times. And I think some of the most growth I've had as a human being, especially over, let's just say the last five years, is just finding a way to hit send, knowing it's not perfect, not beating myself up about it, and just letting it go and moving on to the next thing. That took a lot for me to get over. So like listening to that, I'm not saying like, I don't think about that or like, I don't want things to be perfect, but honestly, like to be, to, to put creative anything out in the world we talked about it being down to the level of email like whether it's an email a podcast a painting a song whatever at some point as the creator you have to decide that this is good enough and for some people like it's a struggle because it's never going to be good enough so when do you know when to draw the line and i have a computer full of not good enough like literally a computer full of songs and some of it's just unfinished stuff. Like we've also talked about that, just not being able to. There's a difference though, right? There's a difference between like, you know, you've only done half of it and you couldn't put it out. And then it's like, it's done, but like, I don't, I'm not quite there. It's the difference between incomplete and not finished. Right. Right. And so for you, like, I mean, I'm interested to ask you because you blatant, like straight up set on the, on the, the pod at one point, like you've never created anything that you were totally happy with yeah. paraphrasing, but more or less, that's what you said. And like, does that still stand? I mean, it's kind of a month and a half later. Do you still feel that way? I do. I do. Like I, I am happy enough to put it out in the world and for some stuff, I still haven't, you know, fully overcome the, especially with music, like for me, but you're, you're a Spotify about, artist now, aren't you? How the I am, I am, a, I am a Spotify is, artist. Gitch. Uh, Gitch, yes, my my old band from Ontario is on there, and like even that took a while. Like I'm happy to share thing? that out with. <laughs> it's only I've well, only you, been in hey, Alberta for hey, 16 dude. years, dude. You've got six monthly listeners. I'm gonna yeah. toss you. I'm gonna toss you a follow right now. Sweet, seven monthly listeners. <laughs> also, I'm disappointed that you have these an- nice animated characters on there, and I've been asking for animated <laughs> versions of us for like two years. <laughs> We'll, we'll see what we can do but it's hard like it's it, like, i and i especially find it with music like when it's art and whatever i can put it out pretty easily but for mm-hmm. some reason there's this thing with music where i've just gotta i want to get the pitch right i want to get the words just perfect in the song and i don't i don't know what it is i just find it harder to put out than some of my other creations i could see that 
I could see that. And in fact, I would say like there's a tiny piece of me somewhere inside that always wanted to be like in a band or do something in the musical realm, but like I was too afraid to even get started. So like you made it further than I did. So congrats. <laughs> now yeah, just go put some of it into the yeah, world. <laughs> let's let's make some let's make some animated uh characters and uh Yeah, maybe we'll, we'll start we'll, a podcast. We'll, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we'll make a band. We'll start a band. It'll be our next venture. <laughs> a podcast band. Um, <laughs> podcast band. No, I mean I thought those were those are two really interesting ones. I mean the the I don't know, like perfectionism is probably all we could probably do a season on perfectionism and like how do you get like in some ways, I think a lot of creative blocks, not all, but like a lot of times, I think it comes from that. Like, for sure, you, you want to be perfect or you've created something really great and you don't know how to follow up on it. Yeah. Um, I, I can see how that, that, or you a, feel like you've created something great for a long enough time that you now feel committed to it. And you, like, you might not be ready to put it out and maybe it isn't the thing you thought it was at the start. And that's okay. But now you're stuck in this thing where you're like, I need to finish it to put it out, and you get your creativity gets stuck as a result because you keep following this old method in the instance of a song, like you keep following the old chord progressions and the old lyrics you were gonna use just because you're like, I've put ten months into this thing. Now I must finish it exactly as it was meant. The sunk cost fallacy. I think yes, they call that. The sunk I don't know if musicians think of it in terms of sunken cost, but that is a good analogy. I know what it is. I, honestly, you know what? You know what's one music project that I always heard about and never came out, and I'm sad it never happened. At one point in the either late '90s, early 2000s to the mid 2000s, Dr. Dre was working on, or I, I believe he was working on a rap opera, and uh, I always thought that would be so cool, but it never saw the light of day. So I don't know what happened there be interesting right yeah i'm thinking like like shakespeare style like rap opera just like 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 hamilton but more like less musical yeah more so if you're listening dr dre or jimmy ivy listen to dre (laughs) no andre um i think you should put that out because i i always thought that was a really creative idea and i just something has to have been recorded so can we just hear that maybe yeah You know what? We'll use it for intro music and outro music. (laughs) Just send it to us. So Seth at thebizdojo.com or JP or anything. You could actually send it to Dr. Dre at (laughs) thebizdojo.com and we will happily have a listen. (laughs) All right. Well, I think that's, uh, those are some good takeaways from this week. Yeah. What'd you take away? Let us know. Yeah. Thanks for listening.